Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, another episode of This Is Not A Safe Space with your host, me, Nick Beaton. I actually think the first time I've ever said my name at the beginning of this because I'm terrible at branding myself. Uh, we're on the NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Check it out. Uh, you can get this podcast there and a bunch of other great podcasts. So be sure to check that out. And I'm here today with Dom Perret, uh, the very funny uh, comedian Dom Perret. Uh, we're here to talk about, it's actually one of the first times uh, that a guest has said, he wanted to talk about something, so we're going to talk about what Dom wants to talk about. Dom, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming. I'm uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, you should brand this more. You, like I do really... always remember to say Never Sleeps Network because there's a the little paper. No, I mean with you. Yeah, but like, I never say my name. Nick beat on. You know, and then you just give yourself a dumb nickname like the Wildcat or some bullshit. Well, I think that's a great nickname, Dom. The Wildcat. Yeah, I think that sticks now. Okay, we got to like introduce the topic, right? Yeah, well, we can. We're just we can shoot the shit here for a bit, but we can. What? So you wanted to talk about specifically debate tactics or i guess really what it comes down to is uh petty argument tactics that yeah uh, like bullshit bullshit like, things that people use in arguments whether it be on the internet or in person yeah um, like i assume like from the the concept of this no safe space that you've had probably about a dozen conversations about social justice uh yeah. feminism intersectionality all this kind of stuff I wanted to bring it up as like just some of the flaws that exist within the argument structures and debate structures of those um, probably, you know, in many cases, probably morally correct and, viewpoints, uh, but very aggressive. A little background on Dom. He is uh, internet shit disturber, yeah, <laughs> shit disturber sensation. Uh, although you've been kind of c- cooling it down a little bit. Like you sometimes you, I, you, I can tell when you're just pouring gas on something and when you're actually trying to like make a valid Some, point. Sometimes I like to uh, put out something that makes people at least consider what I'm saying, but it's also just a genuine curiosity mm. as to like, like I'm not coming at this like naive, like, like when I put out was like, if there's mansplaining, then there's surely women'splaining. Right. right. And you know that people are going to get a little bit rankled around that and you're like, ah, oh, this is annoying. Why would you say that? But some of it just honestly is so interesting to me because people will come to it with an argument. Like they're like, no, here's why. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I'd like to hear because if I like look it up, it doesn't, Really, it's just a term. It could be just patronizing, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like mansplaining the idea, you know, obviously that it's like, you know, a man doing it to a woman. But I'm like, you know, women patronize to women, too. Like, it's just uh, to me, yeah. I was like, it all Jared, boiled down to I feelings. Had, right? I had Jared Campbell on uh, the episode actually just came out today as we're recording this. But uh, we talked a lot about mansplaining on that one, just about it's just not a word because I, 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 I can pull apart mansplaining really easily. It doesn't take very long to just. To, to yeah. throw out scenarios in which it doesn't actually exist. And therefore, like, if a word is that fragile, it's not a word. <laughs> like, Well, that's that. There's that. But this is kind of what made me starting to look into these things. Because I'm like, I've never been a guy who's uh, gone and looked at actual rules of debate and classifications of debate and stuff. But like with re- with respect to mansplaining, the main argument point that was given to me uh, either privately in messages or on the actual thread uh, basically boiled down to either like a, a, a big emotional thing, mm-hmm. you know, like no facts, just emotions. And the other one was, uh, and it's like, I think character assassination, but there's like a special, special term for it in this list I have. But it basically is like, well, you as a white straight male can't ever see this by default because of your skin color and gender. Mm-hmm. You're, you're biased in your brain. So it's like, they don't actually come to the point where they, 
uh, want to have a discussion about, well, let me prove this exists to you. Let me show you there's a different subset of this. Yeah. It's uh, to, to get emotional and to attack character. I just put you literally in a box and go, well, because you were born white and right. straight and male, you can't even ask this question. You can't even put this forward. Right. Uh, and then you fall into like, you know, sort of this uh, trap where like now everyone in the community has to hate you or of a community of a certain politics in a way has to hate you. But like, ultimately they don't really have anything to stand on besides the way they feel. Yeah. Like it's not really an argument. Like at a certain point you have to prove it. You know, when I heard mansplaining for the first time, the sort of examples that came to my mind of what I thought it might be would be something like, uh, specific activity or maybe uh, profession that men are more dominant in explaining that to a woman mm-hmm. as if she doesn't Get or it. couldn't know, like just assuming right away, like if a guy talks to a woman about sports in a very condescending way, just assuming she doesn't know, but she actually does know. That's she was man's play. And I still don't like the word. I still think it's a stupid word, but that I understand. Yeah. And in that sense, there definitely is woman-splaining because women, any activity that they think they're proficient in mm-hmm. to, over a man, they have no problem. Like, I, I've, yeah, I've well, dated girls. There's the the, the defined, uh, I've like, dated I came girls across who just one the other day was the mother thing, right? Right. Well, I, I'm a mom, so I'm infallible. Yeah, yeah. Idea, yeah. Maybe this is an, uh, an unfortunate way of phrasing it, but it also, it often comes in domestic activities with women. Like, I had a girlfriend... And when we first started dating, she would assume that I didn't know how to do my own laundry the correct way, you know? And I'd be like, I've been living on my own for like over 10, like 12, 15 years almost. Like it's, yeah. I know how to do laundry. I know how to wash dishes. I know, you know. Some sort of this appreciation that because you're a male, you've been living like a caveman. Yeah, until yeah. Like, oh, well, here's clearly a better no, way to be that fair, you should have you how to, to do, do laundry. You're probably your mom. Yeah, right? for sure. And I'm, and, and, but that's the thing. But is she like, was trying to mansplain laundry to you. Exactly. So she was woman-splaining it, right? Like, you know, they well, just, yeah. just, just assume that... That's kind of my main problem with that term, and I know this is an aside, and I'm not trying to take away from your point, but mansplaining, when you say mansplaining, you, do, you don't... Like, you have to pay attention to what it means and what it doesn't mean. Mansplaining ultimately means, you know, obviously you're a man, but they don't mean gay men, you know? No. They don't mean trans, people who are switching uh, genders or in between to, to going to, to male, perhaps. They they honestly don't even usually mean person of color. They they re, like it might as well see white straight man splaining. Yeah, which to me is like it's birthed in intersectionality, which is an idea and a theory that I can largely get behind in the concept of acknowledging privileges and all this stuff, just because it encourages the idea of seeing things from other people's perspectives and and having a baseline empathy for other human beings, yeah. right? But then as soon as you take intersectionality too far. And you start just labeling people literally by their their race and gender. And you start saying, well, okay, because you're a white man, you're this person now and you can't ever do anything. I'm like, this is... This is like incredible to me because that's like a, such flawed logic. Yeah, I'm 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 a very uh, big fan of self awareness, so I think it's very good for white straight men to admit the privileges that we do have. Yeah, but I do find it gets it gets out of control, and it's often the 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 uninformed social justice warrior who's just throwing around a mansplaining very liberally. It's just we're in a a one on one conversation debate about a topic. I make a point. They don't like it. Yeah. And then they say, oh, you're now you're mansplaining. It's like, no. I actually like jotted it down. We, we, we'll get into some of these yeah, terms let's, let's, as we yeah, go. But, but literally like the, I, jot, I jotted it again because it fit. Uh, but it was like, uh, okay, uh, they, it's one of the sub 
uh, levels of ad hominem, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, which is sort of basically, you might as well call it character assassination. But they call it ergo decido or decido. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But it was your affiliation with a particular group or issue means that you are by default wrong. Mm-hmm. So whenever you see, like I was watching one of those uh, sort of things where it was like the, pro- the professor who is sort of rejecting the idea of new pronouns uh, being codified oh, in yes. law. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. The U of T guy. Uh, but there's a, like a lot of different like this YouTube video or that YouTube video. But there's there are actually moments within those videos on almost every case where somebody will yell at that person they disagree with. Like basically be like, you're a fucking white straight male. And to them, that's the whole argument. That's the end point. That's like because you're white, because you're a male, you cannot transcend a certain level of empathy or understanding. And therefore, you're entirely wrong. Like mm-hmm. there's no there's no argument there. It's just, well, you're Satan. You change the verbiage, I suppose, to, but you know, it's like, it's like Godwin's laws. Like the longer an argument goes on, the more likely somebody's going to compare your position to that of Nazi or the Hitler. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And in this case, it's just, they've just shifted it. It's not Hitler, but it's, oh, fucking white men. I've seen, like, I saw that uh, whole, de- there was like a, a bunch of threads about it on Facebook, but when that, uh, x-men movie came out mm, yeah, and the, yeah. Woman, uh, the apocalypse in, uh, thing. Yeah, jennifer yeah. lawrence's character was being held up by the throat by the villain of the movie yeah and i literally saw an exchange where it was somebody somebody said this bothers me because i know somebody who was in a like a domestic abuse situation yeah. for years seeing this is hard on them and it's hard on me and people who've had to live through it in any capacity and then somebody else responded with I understand that that's how you feel, but like, like it was something as as extreme, not exactly this, but it was something as extreme as both of my parents were killed in a car crash and I don't expect movies to not have car crashes in them or that imagery to exist. I can't whatever. And then they responded by showing zero compassion to the fact like this person just said both of their parents were murdered. Mm-hmm. And the response was, yeah, well, that's fine. But that's not what I'm going through. And and ultimately yeah. said, I don't care. Well, like, I don't the, care uh, what your emotional state is. Mine is more important. They call that is another ad hominem, but it's the emotional plea. Uh, Mm -hmm. where the intent there is to not actually debate with you directly on fact, but is to just uh, find an emotional existence that you kissed to even start to try to disagree with that emotional experience makes you evil. Right. Yeah, so this is, this is uh, something that uh, I've been saying for a long time about, I actually did write a uh, blog years ago about the, the, the bullshit that people do in arguments oh, yeah. and on in debates. And one of the ones was uh, the NRA is a great example of like gun control in, in America. Right. So they don't want gun control. So every time there's a mass shooting, the NRA will schedule like a meeting and like a big thing in that town yeah. where they'll, they'll really pump out their, their propaganda about how guns, are good right Mm -hmm. i that's i think a garbage move to do i don't think they should be doing that at that time it's it shows no tact but the anti-gun people anytime they want to talk about why people shouldn't have guns on talking head pieces on the news or on like you know if they're giving like a big convention speech or something they parade up victims of gun violence and try to just it's all emotional it's not you can't you can't solve gun legislation such a complex idea by saying look these people were hurt by it you can't have an argument about gun control on uh televised media without there being footage of people running out of a nightclub that's been shot up or uh or or just horrible stuff where it's like you know bodies on the ground covered in blankets and it's like honestly it drives a very strong point uh at the time but then on the other side of the the equation i'm like the nri is a complicated sometimes bullheadedly racist kind of like their membership's kind of weird oh yeah i i I can't defend like the nra and as i say when they do that kind of stuff it's very it lacks tact uh does but it does but it's also like 
what kind of fucking world do we live in now where like literally it's about PR, right? So yeah. to them, like there's no tact, but it's like their whole motivation there is to fill the airwaves with people who disagree mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, the assertion we should get rid of these uh, but like the, automatic weapons. And one of the things, the like the arguments that the NRA has pump, pumped out for a while that people just always they, they turn their back. It's almost like when a fact is said long enough, mm-hmm. people go, yeah, yeah, I've heard that already. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that they weren't actually illustrating a good point with their thing. Yeah. So the NRA always compares like gun violence to automobile accidents and stuff like that. Like, look, cars are still yeah. legal and more people die from in car accidents a year than gun violence. And people go, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. It's like, yeah, but that's kind of a valid point. Yeah, well, like, it's the idea of uh, that. what you're referencing is ad nauseum, which is like the continual re- repetition of a fact but the way ad nauseum works is on both sides if you just keep repeating the fact until the person you're debating with just gives up because you won't keep repeating the same thing over and over again but on the other side it can end like on your if you're hearing the fact you're like "Uh, i already heard that thanks you're like well you're also just completely avoiding it if you're in a debate if we were debating about something right now and all i said was this one fact over and over again. I get that. That's a terrible way to argue. But like as an organization that's trying that's in favor of something, mm. if they're saying like, but look, seriously, though, just because you don't like this, this is really true. Like like more people die from cars than from guns. That's yeah. something. And what we don't even think about. You know, it's because guns have this connotation that they're like, oh, well, that's just meant to kill. That's a dangerous thing. It's, you know, it, it's an ugly thing. Whereas a car is like, no, that's how I get my kids to work. That's yeah. how I get to work. You know, that's how I travel. But when you really think about it, 30,000 or whatever it is, people a year or more yeah. in the United States, then you got to die from trying to get from point A to point B. You got to drill down on that, too, because the, the funny thing about it is like there'll be a lot of gun violence, but then they'll be like, oh, well, these people who did the gun violence are mentally ill. And you're like, OK, well, then how many people who are in car crashes uh, were drunk or mentally ill at the time? It's one of those like get lost in the weeds kind of yeah. details. And when the gun statistic, too, is one, if you remove suicides from from the numbers mm. with guns, then and murder, suicide, accidental shootings or even mass shootings is the, the thing with a mass shooting is when it happens, it's so atrocious that everybody is like this is awful what look at guns look what they do but if the numbers like the percentage number of people who die from that way with a gun is very low not even just within the gun statistics but also specifically nationwide yeah and honestly i've looked at that issue a few times and like i'm never going to be the guy who says you can't have a gun but i will say there's some loops to be closed on you know lots of stuff trade show floor selling i was when i was in texas visiting my brother i went to a gymnasium it's attached to a school and they were selling guns like yeah you can just like literally walk in and buy them and uh you know things like there's a background check but you can be sold the gun and then the background check can come in two weeks later and go we shouldn't have sold that guy a gun but within those two weeks like this guy's got the gun and i yeah. don't know what process there is to remove the gun from him but if he wanted to use it the day after he could have you know this is this is a problem but yeah there's huge the, problems the best argument be- i've heard for guns is uh especially in the states is to uh you know be basically against the tyranny of the state itself the tyranny of the government right and then the counterpoint to that is like what are you really afraid of why would you be afraid of your government and the counterpoint to that was it was like ben shapiro said this once he was like because uh, he's a jewish guy basically like and he was like well you know in germany basically uh the jews they had their guns taken from them yeah. basically uh, and he's like, if they had had guns, then a lot less people would be ashes right now because, you know, the idea that the state is infallible is not ever going to be true. Well, like, it may yeah. be right now that you're safe, but this is a, you know, a four-year based system. It could completely change in the tone of everything. Like, I mean, imagine Trump actually gets elected. If he gets elected, you might find a lot of very 
big changes uh, in policy. You might find riding in the streets over removal of gay rights and stuff like that. And at that point, that's when you actually start defending yourself from your state, like mm-hmm. especially in the states, because they're militarizing their police. They're like very well, aggressive. And that's the, you know? the, the point I was just going to make is the fact that people, a lot of the people who are against uh, guns, we shouldn't have guns on the left wing, right? There's a mm-hmm. lot of very left people like nobody should have a gun except for the police. But then they also are like, but look what the police are doing to us, right? Look yeah. what the police are doing to African-Americans. You can't say that you don't want anybody else to have a gun and then hate and, and say the only people who should have a gun is a group that you also don't trust. It's, yeah. it's just you got to analyze that. And there's nothing like I, I've always said, I consider myself to be left wing overall, especially with most social issues that I like or, 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 or sorry, social issues that I agree with. But the gun thing, I think, is the most murky and therefore the most it, it the best so conversation many, uh, can come from it. it honestly, like because when you look at things like intersectional feminism, where it's all about like acknowledging things like, you know, race and uh, obviously gender or sexual orientation and poverty levels everything like every detail and like there's never been a more intersectional issue than gun control in the states because mm-hmm. you have to consider everything in terms of like background of race experience with cop uh background like economically like uh like where they came from all this stuff all like because every time there's a shooting they're like Let's take a look and it usually starts off with where the parents were because mm-hmm. if, if it's a kid nine times out of ten you know but then outside of that, it's like the background of them is like uh, immigrants or uh, poor, uh, all this like like mentally ill. And it's like there's nothing more intersectional and thus bloody fucking confusing to make a black and white choice on mm-hmm. uh, than gun control. Um, like just generally and, and any any issue that comes down and boils down to a cross section of so many different variables yeah. is so hard to find a black and white stance on. So you yeah. kind of have to do it on a case by case. But nobody in today's world wants case by case. No, they totally want want black and white morality yeah. and then there's a lot of gray in this world because a lot of people are like good and bad yeah. at the same time we're not talking like we're not talking about uh, you know freedom of choice uh, no. over a woman's body where it's like well maybe not no it's like no it's a woman's body it's a medical procedure she should be able to do what she wants uh yeah you know gay rights black and white uh, you know there's 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 but then people apply that to just the yes complex issues like gun control or even like something like military intervention in certain countries and stuff like that people go no we shouldn't do it at all and then there's but you know there's certain situations like we and the thing with the states is they they lost their credibility after iraq and it was such a a really i thought it would be vietnam well vietnam (laughs) really you would think but especially now in this day and age because after 9-11 you know Afghanistan everybody agreed with that uh, and then a lot of people supported Iraq you know before they did it and then once there was no weapons once there was it, they had no plan to set the place back up it was just a mess yeah. then people were like no no more wars but then you look at a place like Syria where they've been so you know tepid yeah. with what they they've been doing but it's like uh, it's the whole idea of like that's the in. place that should have been probably but the iraq war is a great example of uh, that emotional plea uh because they signed essentially a blank check of sorts to um bush to go to war mm-hmm. uh essentially by not defining what the enemy really was you're yeah. like go get the bad guy was essentially the power they gave the executive office at the time uh, and to do that, they had to have a vote, obviously. And anyone who uh, I think there was like one dude, like one who was like, I'm I'm anti voting for this. But uh, or maybe it was unanimous. But it's the emotional play of it, because if you're like, wait, hold on, who are we going after? Why are we going after them? Give me some fucking proof or mm-hmm. even the proof they're giving to you. Remember, like Colin Powell being like, and here's their moving silos of nuclear warheads. 
which ultimately was never true and proven to not be true. But to debate those facts, to come at them with further facts is to suddenly be unpatriotic, un-American, traitor. But this is the emotional plea. This is where it actually gets scary is when you see it on a mass scale to the point that a whole uh, country's government uh, can head in one direction based entirely on emotional appeal. Right. But not having the foresight to really kind of figure out what they're doing and why they're doing it, because committing troops to war is a pretty big deal. And I think it'd be arguably like, I mean, maybe you guys won that war, but there's never been a clean ending to that whole thing. But it's spun out in quite a ridiculous way. We still have Guantanamo Bay open, all this stuff, right? These things are kind of nuts, but it all started with emotional plea. Right. That's the danger of it, because sometimes emotional plea can bring people to your side. Uh, Maybe you're not the most rational person or you just know something's wrong. You feel it in the core and that can make people at least listen and then consider your point. But a lot of times it's used to just browbeat people into a position of silence or evil. You're just you're evil now. You Mm -hmm. know, that's what I always thought at the uh, from 2000 till 2008. It was the right wing who was like basically behaving the way social social justice warriors act now. So it, it, this transition became, okay, now it's, it's the left wing that's yeah. nuts and not understand. Not, because, and the problem is, is that they think they're so right. Like the social justice warriors think that their, their opinion is so right that they don't have to have facts and that they don't have to use human tactics in debate it's like no no if this person is against my ideology then fuck them i'll use whatever it takes to prove them wrong or make them look bad or do just whatever it is and that's what the right wing did before and now the left wing's doing it and they're not understanding remember it was like i can't remember the term but there's there's actually a there's there's tons of terms for this exactly but i think it's a plea to a stone or it's like your assumption is that the person's counterpoint to you is uh, wrong period because of who they are or what they're saying and you don't ever have to address it so when you're talking about social justice warriors and they just sort of unload and scream at people without any uh, sort of process around or thinking even debate uh that that's sort of what it is is like i default i've decided that uh you're wrong mm-hmm. no matter what you say you're wrong i'm just going to yell you down and repeat ad nauseum again and again my points but here's the funny thing about social justice social justice is like five years old but they act like it's like a 30 year old fucking well thought out well fleshed out idea i think intersectionality is maybe 10 years old like it's gaining popularity. It's gained popularity. A lot more people know about it, but the vast majority don't really have any in-depth views on it or understanding of it. But the people are screaming at you on the street as a social justice warrior. The assumption they're putting forward is that this is not only right, but it's been vetted. It's been walked through. Mm-hmm. But realistically, it's just how you feel. It's how I feel this way. But if you ever going to sort of talking about numbers or surveys or anything like that, it really just becomes character assassination. It was like, I got uh, into that debate a while ago. It was online there on the Facebook, but it was about, uh, oh yeah, rape culture, which is like a fucking hard discussion to have, period. Because people who believe that rape culture exists uh, by default, there's a lot of emotional charge whenever you're like, I'm not sure it does. So if I've had moments where I was like, okay, look, you have to pull forward the idea of, do you believe rape culture exists? And my general idea and thinking on it is I don't think it exists within North America. And a lot of people would disagree with me for varying reasons. And some of them very emotional. Some of them reference John Gomeshi, uh, you know, the guy who got Brock Turner got three months for like a horrible rape. And they're like, see, it's right there. But I go, I reference what our, our society does as a system of laws. As a system of laws, rape is illegal. 
We're not in a country where rape is uh, actually where you punish the person who was raped, which does exist in some Middle Eastern countries and in the UAE. If you were raped, you are stoned. Mm-hmm. You are you can be killed for being raped. You can be punished for that, which is that's what rape culture is when it's codified in law mm-hmm. that uh, it prefers the rapist over the person who was raped. <clears throat> um, so that's in law. But then also social attitudes. You are know, like if you are even accused of rape, your fucking life is over, bud. Like yeah. if someone just points a finger at you and goes, oh, that guy is trying to like roofie girls or something like that. You can make that accusation and it could follow a person basically for the rest of their lives. It's just done. It's over. It's similar to being like called a pedophile as a man. It's yeah. going to follow you forever. Even if you didn't do it, it's just always going to be there. That's my biggest problem with things that happen from social justice warriors perspective mm-hmm. is there's a, a great quote by this uh, Christina Summers. Uh, yeah, Christina Hoff Summers. Christina yeah. Hoff Summers. Uh, she's the factual feminist is what she goes by. And uh, but her her quote was, I think, so poignant and actually kind of just one of the more unsettling things that I heard, which was rape is such an awful crime, even being innocent isn't good enough. Yes. And that to me, it was just like, oh, there is that true and gold. And ultimately, this is this is what led to the debate I was having is that's a good point. Honestly, like the way she she drove that. I think I saw her tweet that actually. But it's actually it's funny thing about Christina Hoff Summers. If you follow her on Twitter and you go to actually look up other feminist voices, uh, some of them have a default block on you because you follow somebody they don't agree with. Mm-hmm. So I can't sometimes actually go and educate myself and enrich myself in another way by listening to another viewpoint on a feminist topic by looking at what someone else has to say about it because they default don't want you to even know that they have Again, viewpoints that are contrary. Yeah, I mean, another, another complaint. It's a, a very telling of this particular uh, generation of, and I don't mean age, but of technology where you can just block and silence people to the point that you're just sort of curating an echo chamber, yeah. really. I, I got to say, my podcast so far has been an echo chamber. I haven't had anybody on. I, yeah, I think it's important to come on and debate sometimes yeah. with this stuff. But you like this is why I was like, yo, like, let's talk about these mechanisms, because I think you should be in, in any debate. You should be able to go logical fallacy, ad hominem, character assassination, stick to the fucking point. Because when I was talking about this uh, rape culture thing, uh, the person who was like uh, debating with me there, they were like, did you know 97% of people who uh, like are, are charged with rape, you know, uh, arrested for it, etc. They never go to jail. 97%. And that would be jaw dropping to me. Like that would be actually honestly an epidemic. It's an epidemic. If you're telling me that out of 100 men who have raped women, only 3% ever actually make it to jail. So I was like, please show me that. And it was a, a study by an organization called Rain. Uh, which is government sponsored in the states, but uh, their sponsorship is based on uh, like like funding essentially on finding you know what's happening on out there. But if they if they were to prove that rape is going down or there is no rape culture, uh, they would actually limit their own funding. So mm-hmm. it's kind of behooves them a little bit. Like this anyway. This is a question that was put out about the organization, which has kind of led me to some of the problems with their mathematics. And, and one of them was conflation where you just conflate the two things. And so this, some of the data subset they got is from a well-known study in the States about like domestic violence and stuff like that and, and victims of crime. But they were using things like, have you ever been kissed and you didn't want to be kissed, which could be just honestly an awkward first date or literally an asshole forcing a kiss on you and you tell him to fuck off. But then they qualified that as sexual assault and then qualified sexual assault uh, in that way as rape. So you're inflating your numbers there immediately to even <clears throat> even being groped is rape. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm sure it feels very much the same to you in the moment uh, or it's emotionally very uh, horrifying, but it's not 
the literal definition of rape, uh, which, you know, fine, they're softening the numbers there. Uh, but then on the other side of it, uh, the statistics was they bared out was uh, they would say, OK, uh, this person didn't go to jail for rape. Look at look at that. But they weren't acknowledging that they were, these these men would have been arrested and charged and gone to court and accused of rape. And then DNA evidence would prove them and exonerate them of the charge. And they would still count that as, see, they didn't put him in jail for rape. But we've been proven to not be the rapist. Yeah. And then they would also not account for because rape is unfortunately often a serial crime. They would not account for that. They caught a rapist, but he had raped 10 women. So they would then go of the nine other women. See, they didn't arrest a rapist in that case. And we're like, no, they arrested the guy who did all 10 of them. Yeah. But they only counted for one. So the math goes wildly wrong. And this is all boring. But I'm like, OK. I, like I, I counterpointed this, you know, basically on the math. I was like, because one of them was like, uh, you know, the idea of a subset of not reporting uh, rape. And I was like, oh, well, how would they know if they haven't reported because they didn't report? And then the other one was like conflating things like force kissing with rape kind of thing. And the immediate response to that from the person I'm debating with was essentially, uh, well, you're too stupid to understand this stuff. So what's the point of even talking to you? Because you're too dumb to understand studies. And then, so that one's like, number one is like, you're dumb. And then she labeled me a contrarian right out the gate. And she's like, yeah, I stated my viewpoint to begin with. And now you're debating with me. I, I'm not just disagreeing with you for the fun of disagreeing. But I, I what I asked for was, you know, a, a second piece of information, a second study, because this one was just so to me wildly off. And then it became about character assassination from that point on. Like it was just a sort of a continual pursuit of I suck because uh, whatever I'm white male, whatever the fuck. So I turned her off. Like I, I didn't block her, but I was like, I'm not doing this debate with you anymore. These are basically just bully tactics. And like the, the bully tactics, like they're probably in this list here, but it's the, the one where it is to question equals to disagree equals your evil. That's like, just questioning means you're the worst. It's like what they used to do maybe a year or two ago where you'd be like, well, did that rape happen? You rape apologist. You're supporting the rapist. And you're like, I'm literally asking the question. It'd be a question that someone in a legal profession should be asking. Did that rape happen? Because it's, it's the charges are here now. It's up to me to decide if that actually happened. The, the whole thing of it is then uh, it was another one. They put out the stats again, uh, like the, the response to this was like, here's some stats from Canada that was uh, about the reporting rapes, uh, like like about victims actually reporting them. And it was uh, a really bad stat, like a staggeringly bad stat where it's something like only one in five or one in ten rapes are actually reported. And the math on this is pretty goddamn fucking solid. Yeah. And to me, I was like, that's really bad. The point that this person was putting out was like, that proves rape culture. But you drill down into it and you're like, but does it? Because what it does show you is that the people, these victims, they don't have a lot of faith in the legal system a lot of the time. But a vast majority of them were women in their earlier 20s who later on came to realize Wait, that was rape. Or they debated with themselves if it was rape because they'd been drinking and it was like sort of an error in judgment. But was it? And eventually they come to the idea that, yes, I think I was raped. And I've talked to like I actually talked to a victim of date rape who was like initially for like a year or two, she just kind of wrote it off. And then just as she sort of came into her own womanhood, you know, and was like, no, that was rape. Like now I've kind of gone through my life. I'm like, that was straight up rape. And I asked her, why didn't you report? And it was like, well, because it boils down to I didn't really come to my own conclusion for a long while. And now there's no real evidence and I could accuse, but what's the follow through on that? I can't really lock it down. I hadn't done a rape kit. I didn't do anything. 
So, I mean, that still goes into the classification of not reporting. But does that mean that our society supports rape? Because a lot of it was sort of people's emotional journey around accepting their own rape. This is like a very complicated issue. Yeah. And honestly, I'm like, I'm never going to disagree with a woman if she later on just reflects on it and goes, you know, that was rape. That was what that was. But the reporting, sometimes it gets a very gray area, but I don't think that the woman coming to her own terms on it, uh, and this is just one category of a breakdown, but I don't think that means that our society supports rape. No, I think when I hear like rape culture, right, I don't necessarily look at it as the black and white laws. And so I don't really I don't get into this debate because I I don't want to touch it ultimately. Like, you know, like I and I get that even difficult things need to have questions asked about them. But being a man, not having to ever worry about like rape, I think when when people talk about rape culture, I think, you know, they know there's laws that exist to protect them from being raped. You know, that 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 does exist. Getting out of the legal side of it, I think it's the idea of like catcalling, you know, and people saying, ah, it's just, you know, it's just a guy yelling at you or or uh, the way a guy can be aggressive to hit on a girl at a bar mm-hmm. and just, you know, like and, and the idea and, and nobody nobody really earnestly throws uh, out the oh, well, you're wearing that, you know, so you want it sort of deal anymore. We really kind of come around on that overall. I think it still exists in some people's heads, but I think in general in society, people don't look at that and go oh that's you know yeah but I, so i think it's stuff like that i think it's the sort of excuse for the uh the you know the boys will be boys type of situation the so, idea that of still of a prominent sort of frat boy culture that can kind of exist where well, we're they try talking to, up your numbers and i think have, they try know. to increase like it's actually christina hoff summers who said this and was like within the absence of rape you try to extend the definition of rape right so a lot of the people who are arguing these social justice types and etc when the numbers themselves, which is unfortunately like it's very obviously and true, is the actual numbers of rapes are still on a decline, and, and in in this country as well. Like there, there's constantly this idea that there's an epidemic happening on college campuses, etc. The numbers are the lowest they've ever been. Period. The end. But what they're doing is now sort of expanding the definition of rape. So definition of rape can now literally include uh, being groped on a dance floor. Is that rape? Someone grab your boob on the dance floor. That's a guy being a fucking dick. Sexual assault. I'll give you that. That's not fucking rape. Yeah. But you expand the definition. And then what you do is you expand the definition and you do it through uh, questionnaires that basically are just like, if you were ever forcibly kissed, you were raped and you, you, you keep expanding rape. So catcalling by the definitions of these surveys is rape, but that's not rape. You talk to a rape victim and you cannot see them roll their eyes more. You'll think you're having a seizure because rape is fucking rape. Yeah. And you know rape. Rape's evil. It's like fucking evil. Catcalling to the point of your own bit once was all you've really got there is a guy who grew up with a bad fucking family or no dad at all to tell him to shut the fuck up. Yeah, was yeah. Like, your point was raised like, improperly. If someone yelling out nice tits, all that really was is he was never told to not yell that out. But every guy who sees your tits is going nice tits <laughs> yeah. like, in their head because we're wired that way. But be polite. Don't be a fucking Yeah, perf, you don't have to be shitty you know? about things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the same thing that study that one in four women in, in college or university uh, and then this pulled from the states, right? Like, but that, you know, people quote that one in four women will be uh, sexually assaulted or, or raped. And it's it's not, the study was again proven to not be true. That it was like a phishing survey. Yeah. They basically asked. Well, that survey that you're talking about that that is based on the one in four yeah. is the same data set they used for the 97% of rapes uh, are okay. never uh, convicted. It's the same flawed study that's been over and over again slammed and ripped apart. But people but still even use Obama it. Obama has referenced it. Yeah. One in four. One in four is one in four houses burning. You think 
we would notice. Yeah, it's it's absolutely like, and and I don't think people actually realize what that like. They hear one in four, and and that those are those are like war torn country numbers. Like that's yeah. like you're 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 basically saying that you're 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 sending your fucking kid to West Africa or something like that. And and it's just, that's not what it is. So yeah. if I were to say to somebody who quotes that, that survey, right? Like, well, you know that that's not true, right? I don't know why they like, the, the, if I say like it was a fishing, what they basically did was they asked a series of questions and they would ask them enough questions to get them to just admit that basically that they were raped. Like, so they would say like, you know, well, have you ever, has anybody ever raped you? And they'd say, well, no, you know that, but then they would say, well, has anybody again, like groped you or, or has anybody, have you ever been drunk and had sex and then regretted it the next day? And they would qualify that as rape. They would. And the thing is, uh, to be clear about the same study you're referencing, they never were walking these people through to make them uh, thus acknowledge they were raped. They just took the data and called it rape. Yeah. They didn't even tell the people they were surveying that they were ultimately going to put these in categories of rape. So Mm -hmm. the the people who were on the survey wouldn't agree they were raped, but they in the survey thusly are raped because of the way they viewed the data. Right. Which is very self-serving. But you want to know why I think they're self-serving? It's like we're going around circles here about social justice and feminism and all that stuff. Just to cut to the fucking chase, realistically, the comparative between things like social justice and uh, old religion, uh, like things that we still know exist today, but like we're in power for long periods of time before like the Catholics, uh, perhaps like, you know, priests, like like the whole idea of the presented morality. I can't be wrong because I represent a higher moral power. That is what religion is. I, I, as a priest, could not be flawed in my arguments here because I am a priest and priests mm-hmm. represent God and God is the higher morality. Mm-hmm. And that's what social justice is becoming now because at some point you have to ask, why the hell do they keep taking these statistics that can be completely walked through and disproven or at least huge holes driven right through them? Why would they keep using these and repeating them over and over again? It's because it's an ideology. Some of these people want to become the next priests of a new religion. That's the way I look at it. And I think that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely one way way of looking at it. I I think it's it's more than that. I think we live in a... Uh, a culture now where people want to have things to strive against, right? So mm-hmm. if they don't have that thing, if you take away like a big piece of their thing, then they, you know, what are they going to be content now? No, like they yeah. need, they need that people feed off of it. It's, it's a psychological thing that we have people, people focus on the negative. People want the negative to exist for, it, 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 for some reason it releases like varying endorphins and things like that. And, and you become addicted to it. So if I say to this person, this study was disproven, why you, there's no reason to get mad at me i mean you can look it up yourself but if you find out like yeah no the statistics it's not really good why do you still want it to be like why do you want to admit that you're yeah, sending why? young women into this dangerous of an environment like, why would you want that to be true and the answer is so that the person who is arguing that it is true uh and thus usually a character assassinating you and throwing everything at you but other stats uh is because they wish to uh, sort of handle themselves as a, a higher moral value like if you disagreeing with me makes you the the bad party, that's the idea. And it's a slippery slope where you like, that's why they would do things like, well, I don't know if that was rape. You're a rape apologist. And it's to go after your character. And like they literally put you in boxes. Like yeah. you're, a, you're a white guy. You're this, you're a rape apologist, whatever. Uh, it goes down. But the whole, like the, you have to always like, look at it as someone's qualifying you as they're looking at you and qualifying you as evil. You have to always understand qualification is a two way street. Mm-hmm. As I'm talking to you now, you're qualifying me. I'm qualifying you. 
That's a real thing. But if you reverse the equation, what's really happening here is the social justice person, the whole point of them is to keep putting themselves higher and higher up on a pedestal. And you're right. I think a lot of them get a jazz out of being right or or winning an argument through uh, the idea of being morally correct. But the really dangerous ones are the ones who try to become thought leaders and sort of uh, pull together communities and run organizations that basically pay them money to keep repeating over and over again uh, bullshit data or looking for more things to get angry about on a regular basis. Yeah. Like, like That's think- why you see things like manspreading. Yeah, manspreading yeah. is not a real fucking issue, period, the end. Yeah. There's not really a fucking major problem going on with it, Like at least not here in this city. Well, I think people are, regardless of gender, equally not very uh, caring of other people on public transit. We're kind of dicks, but the whole point of it, I I do look at some of these, uh, the people who have focused, especially in our, our, our work, uh, people who have focused uh, less so on the work of comedy and more so on the work of being politically correct and, uh, and morally correct. Uh, they're trying to elevate their status by being better. I'm a better person Mm -hmm. because I believe in these things. But if you question what they're basing this on, like any other religion, if you question the religion, by default, you're crazy. Yeah. They call it like bulverism, I think, is what the idea is. If you even question this, you're mentally fucked. Yeah. You're wrong. You're so wrong. And then they go into things like bias, where it's just because you're a man, you'll never know that you're pure evil. You it, just don't even know it. Yeah. Like these, these are like some of the most bullshit tactics. It was like, well, you know what? You don't think God exists because you're not opening your heart to him. Mm-hmm. Like these are really fucking disgusting traps that religion used to do. And very obviously, and nowadays there's more atheism in this country than ever. And people just like, that's fucking bullshit. As older people are dying off, they don't even believe in this stuff. Their kids have let it go. Like, it's just not there anymore. It's bullshit. It's been called out a million fucking times, but it's just found the same mechanics, like the same mechanics that you would apply to an argument with somebody who's uh, into God or in whatever form and an atheist. Between those two people, you'll find the same mechanics coming from the person who is like arguing about religion because they always default to things they've either created themselves like studies like this or morals. How dare you? We should be this way. But ultimately, they're fucking flawed. They're completely flawed. And and, way, we got to call bullshit on it sometimes. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. So when you say like with this topic, like the one in four or whatever, and you say, okay, well, the actual number is probably something closer to one in 50, right? I think they've done like the actual studies. I think Christina Huff Summers nailed it down for on campus. It was something like one in 20 or 25. And then she said, that's still an absolutely horrible number. I've heard her say in one of the talks anyway, that yeah. it was like one in 50. Because there's two, there's one was the campus and uh, that's 120. Uh, one in 20, I think. And then the other is general populace. So can't like, you know, universities, colleges, mm-hmm. uh, and then general populace of world. And a lot of that it's sexual assault, not rape, but still like it's yeah. counting it. Count it as a violation, right? It is a yeah, violation absolutely. to be sexually assaulted. I'm not going to be like, but the whole idea yeah, is like, girl, if you say like it's one assault. in 50 in, in the populace, it's not one in four or on the campus, it's one in 25, not yeah. one in four. And people, people go, well, that's still bad. Of course, that's still bad. Any amount of crime committed, we all would, you want, you don't want any crime to ever be committed ever. So it's still bad. But if it's still bad, why make it worse? Like it, and the reason why I have a problem with people who do that, who say, well, it's still bad. So yeah, but you're still, you're still lying, right? So if I, if I say to you, there's, you know, a 25% chance that you're going to get murdered, you're going to act way differently than if you find out there's an 18 or like, or an 8% or a six, like you, it, when something looks like it's catastrophic, you respond to it 
in a catastrophic way yeah. as opposed to if you look at it as well this is a problem that needs to be fixed we need better sex ed talk that includes consent on a on a very in-depth level we need to explain to people that sex is fun and it's something that you're supposed to enjoy and people are it's not supposed to be a thing you have to do or a thing that's a a notch on your belt or you know to, but like well, that, sex that, is such a complicated thing that's how you deal thing. with it one in if you if, if it's one in 25 or it's one in 50 that's how you deal with it we there's a there's a nice intellectual way to deal with this problem if it's one in four it's have armed guards like fucking patrolling all the time it's well it's, one in four is uh i think it was ben shapiro said this he's like if it's one in four please show me where that is because i don't like rape and i don't like rapists and i will stand alongside you and i will fight these people but when i ask you to show me this you can't you just get angry and say that I support rape. Well, another and another like, big thing, another th- big thing that comes and it comes with any, really any sensitive sort of issue, whether it's it's racism or it's sexism or it's whatever. The plea of the uneducated is, well, it's systemic and they think they can just throw systemic yeah. down. Yeah, which and comes I, down to. Uh, I agree, but it, it, it there is systemic sexism. There is systemic racism, but. Yeah, but systemic racism and sexism out, to me, it's like you don't know even probably what that means. But if you do, yeah, don't. if you know what the word means, you have no backup. You have no follow up. What they usually mean when they say systemic, they mean institutionalized. And by institutionalized, course, yeah. they think that laws are written somewhere out there that like are supporting it. And they're like, no, they're, they're not. When when you say that, uh, like the Jean Comeshi case is a great example of people saying, look, it's institutionalized. And I'm like, because he got off. Right. But if you look at the case, the case wasn't won. This is there is enough debate uh, and gray area there for it to not be won. Yeah, the Gomeshi thing is such a. But it doesn't. This is my thing. Him going to trial tells me that we don't live in a rape culture because we took a guy who's a big guy. They fired him. They tried to distance themselves from it. They tried to distance themselves from their own actions where they kept putting it off. That's even more gross. They should have gone after those people very clearly. But him being drawn out and covered extensively and then the trial being covered extensively and then the victims, uh, you know, obviously getting their points of view across, having legal support, etc. We, as a general public, would have loved to have like literally we would have loved to have found this guy a rapist. We would have loved it because fuck you, you piece of shit, because if you really if you're that evil and you've been using your power in this fleeting Canadian celebrity landscape to fucking rape and physically force women to fuck you and violently do so. Yeah. Fuck you. You're a piece of goddamn shit. And there's mm-hmm. not, there's not one guy I know in my life. And I'm sure there's somebody out there who's a fucking troglodyte who wouldn't agree with this. But if you, if you walked into a room with a woman who was getting actively raped, the first thing you're doing is kicking the shit out of that guy. Mm-hmm. And if you find out that someone's a rapist, you fucking hate them by default. It's like, the attitudes of this, and that's why I don't think we live in a rape culture. We have a system that drags them into the light yeah. and goes at them. But also, if you didn't win the case because it was too gray area, your name's fucked forever. Yeah. It's not like, see, he didn't do it. Oh, well, he's got his job back now. He's fucked. Life over. The right. end. And maybe, and so to, to add to your point here and the idea of talking about if there is or isn't a rape culture, the idea that there is a rape culture by by the people who believe there is like 100% believe it all believe it all so much that they believe fake studies and statistics on certain things yeah. they have created now a reprisal system that is insane especially if the person didn't do it like that Brock Turner kid 
did it. There's no way he didn't do it. He only yeah. got three months because the judge was like he couldn't handle the time in jail or whatever it was. And he's he's a nice boy overall. That one, or, that one like, left me my head scratching yeah, the entire all, fucking all that, time. Bu- all that bullshit for sure. Then they so, went after the judge so, on it. But for every Brock Turner that you 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 pull and go look at this and you post this picture so no one ever forgets them. You do that to somebody who's just been accused and they might get exonerated and there's no stepping that back. Yeah. You know, and this is the problem is that people don't think they go half cocked and just go, yeah, you know what? Fuck this guy. Even if he didn't do it. Like, yeah. So, well, we have like, I mean, there's, that's two, there's two main things. It's funny because like, I was listening to one of those things where it's like, you know, talking about like words that women hear to describe themselves and the effect of them and like things like sweetheart and honey and how annoying it is to hear it. And more importantly, how sort of is dismissive of, of them as women and, and their, their validity, which I fucking, it's hilarious to me. Hey, whatever. Like to me, I'm like, there's a subtlety to communication. You don't like it, but <laughs> That's like, fine. they, they were putting forward though, the idea that there weren't, uh, there wasn't a subset of words that would affect men the same way. All of these words affect women, the emotional capacity of that. It's like, no, I got to be honest with you. The worst words you can call a man because some of them are like, you're going to call a guy a loser. Uh, you know, you're going to call him like a uh, fat or whatever. Like, then they don't care. And I'm like, no, you call a man a pedophile that sticks with him for the rest <laughs> of his fucking life. Yeah, yeah. He can't go anywhere, especially in this electronic age. Yeah. You, Try getting a job, but you have to change your name. Like, straight up, you got to change your fucking name. And maybe how you fucking look. And where you live, for sure. Yeah. You can't live anymore in a society, even if you didn't do it. Because, I mean, we know we know a dude who uh, does the sound at one of the mics we do, and he was accused of pedophilia. Yeah, yeah. And by default, like, sometimes I'll have dudes, like, just literally be like, oh, look at that guy, the fucking creeper, he's a pedo, right? And yeah. I'm like, you know, he's, he, was, he was guilty of, of nothing. Uh, he went into a system. They found he didn't do a goddamn fucking thing. And they didn't even go into the process of giving him to court. They're like, oh, you didn't do anything. Out you go. But while he was in the system, he had his teeth kicked in. Yeah. Because men hate pedophiles. Yeah. We hate you. Yeah. There's a default reaction to pedophilia and we fucking hate you, period. But he can't continue in his life without me periodically every six months or so having somebody refer to that guy as like, look, that's a pedophile. Yeah. And I'm like, you can explain to them the facts, but it, the facts will never matter. Yeah. It will never fucking matter. It was the other guy who uh, ran La- Laugh Resort there. Yeah. He was charged yeah, yeah. with pedophilia and they went through it and it wasn't, it, it was a fuck up basically. And they had nothing to stand on, but his whole business and his life and his everything was destroyed. Over. And then they just put out a small little blurb in the paper like, oh, guess when he wasn't a pedophile. Yeah. Fucking front page Google news him. for months Google holy him. shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> google them and see if that's the first thing that comes up but, i mean this is pedophilia but if you say the same thing about a rape if you accuse someone in our system of rape it sticks mm-hmm. it really fucking sticks yeah. like no one's uh no one's going out there and, and working with what the fuck was that guy's name uh, whatever he's like a comic who like was what luring women off of subways to try to take pictures oh, of them. yes yeah yeah but like, no one's going to be like, got to book this guy on our open mic. Yeah. And you're like, fuck that guy. But uh, the, the whole thing when you were talking about like honey and sweetheart and darling or whatever, it's like, I'm from the East Coast from Nova Scotia. I can't buy a coffee without like, uh, you know, if at a Tim Hortons, there's like a 40 year old woman. Oh, thanks, hon. You know, here you go, hon. Like that. Like yeah. It's just, it depends on the culture, I guess, a little bit. I yep. think it's just, well, it's, it's like, it's, it's a different not, social lubricant. Yeah. There, it's not. You know? And it's also not like a thing that, you know, it, it was, it's, you know, big in the forties and the fifties and whatever. That's how people talk to each other. But women did it to men as well. And like men, it, it's just, I've had this sort of complaint and I don't necessarily want to get too much on a, 
anti sort of new age feminism rant because I do it a lot on this podcast and I'm yeah. starting to feel like, all right, you're starting to sound like that well, guy. I mean, like you hate women. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. That's what people are just going to assume. Uh, the, the thing that I would say is men grow up and are socialized to not really be affected as much by insults and things that we get called because we just make fun of each other and mm. that's fine. But women have this this real attention to words that they kind of have yeah. a they have a problem with that it's like so, so to be called are, honey um, they look at like you know oh this is this is uh, objectifying me. There was you one. Know? It's one of the uh, ad hominem devices. It's tone policing mm-hmm. or it's a fallacy device, but it, I think it's a subset of ad hominem. But it's they call it tone policing where it's. They don't uh, take any offense to what you're actually saying. They just take offense to your tone. Yeah. And I saw it when it was like Now Magazine didn't have enough female nominees for best female comic or whatever. And they were replying to some uh, female comics on Twitter. I mean, like, hey, just because it's a nomination process, just put the names in and we're going to be putting them up. It's sort of like the the hat's open. Throw your name in, you know. And they're like, oh, listen to the tone. I'm like, it's fucking Twitter. There's no tone. It's literally just text. You're you're literally creating the tone and then attacking the tone. You're creating what the problem is and then getting angry at the problem yeah. you created. It doesn't make any fucking sense. To yes, me, and, you know? and I mean, I feel ultimately those people are not to just be dealt with. You just they're not they're not worth talking yeah. to. You know, anybody is some somebody like when we get back to Gomeshi just for a second, like calling Gomeshi's lawyer because she was a woman. Saying yeah. how terrible it was for what for women and and being a, a rape apologist. She's like, yeah. this is my fucking betraying, job. The idea yeah. of her betraying her entire gender. Yeah, like this I'm is like, my what? job. Everybody deserves a fair trial. And when you are accused of something, the entire weight of the state is after you. Like the all of the police, the district attorneys. Yeah. Like th- this is the people versus that, you. Exactly. But that that lawyer, by the way, because I, I always and I, I think subsequently it's been sort of viewed that this way but the entire time i was going through that process i was fucking just completely impressed with her as a lawyer mm-hmm. just very on point she's really good very good debater uh very well spoken very intelligent and i think a lot of people you know they were obviously mad about what was happening with john gomeshi and the trial and stuff and i was like this like this woman's like probably the greatest example of equal access to opportunities and job you know opportunities that kind of thing but uh, like because she's fucking stellar mm-hmm. and in a world where the attitudes were well if you're a woman you can't do this you're a woman you'll never you'll get too emotional she's like a laser pointing man like Mm -hmm. she's a great example of uh, being able to abstract the emotions and focus on the job at hand because i would assume honestly i'd assume uh she would have the same reaction i had to gian gomeshi when i've met him twice in my Mm -hmm. life and each time i my skin crawled i didn't like him he was nasty and he just felt gross Mm -hmm. the whole he's a creep like he's gross yeah i've heard that i haven't actually met him but i've heard a couple people it's just a smell test you're like this guy's gross he's a douche you know he's full of himself i hate him but i'm like she had to deal with this guy the entire time and basically no he's a piece of shit right yeah so she was able to abstract the emotion and fight the case there's um so i was very interested in this case and i um just just because of like when when it started when she really started pulling apart every every victim's testimony so there's a fifth estate episode uh that they did where they read the transcripts of the mm-hmm. trial and basically acted them out and like honestly i get it that he did things for sure because he's not that wasn't even what they were what she was fighting against whether or not it happened it's just about whether it happened the way or whether you were in because it's it's all about consent that's what the trial came down to and if you conduct yourself in a way that shows like you you consented 
then that's but that's what people were starting to open up about uh, as, as, as like a social justice warrior being like, yeah, but that just doesn't go into the psychology of what it's like to go through a traumatic thing like this, which yeah. I understand. But they also lied like they lied on and she gave them opportunity to be like, look, are you going lie. to yeah. like, I will give you one last chance to tell me the truth. Yeah. And she's like, I am. Okay. Here and then it was just, here's how you didn't tell the truth. You said you never contacted him. You emailed him six times. Or you, here's the things you said. Like there was, and people look at that and go, well, that doesn't mean that she still wanted to happen. And you know what? It might not. But once you lie on that big of a level, you can't put that man in jail because it's, it's, we're going off of and this is what when it comes down to rape or sexual assault in this manner when it, it comes down to one word versus the other because it's very often there's not physical evidence and when there is physical evidence it's a slam dunk usually yeah. if there's dna evidence but when it comes down to this you can't put somebody in jail based on lies like and and people not understanding that yeah to me is frustrating i don't i'm not gonna and by me saying that i'm not saying he didn't do shitty things and that he's not a piece of shit i don't know but i don't also don't know because i wasn't there for their interaction so if all we have to go on is the evidence of him saying it was consensual and them saying it wasn't and then there are other like things that they were saying was like, Oh, I didn't talk to him. We didn't do this. We didn't yeah. do that. And then that turned out to not be true. That's it. She did her job excellently. And other than that, you can't just put somebody in jail because you want them to be there because you want the, the, the verdict to be a certain way. This idea of, of trying people in the public, trying people in social media and then convicting them, like not just trying, but like they're convicted in your mind. They're like, they did it. Yeah. Fuck them. And then not accepting the result of a court. Yeah. And that's uh, it's, it's it's honestly like the media itself, journalism itself, is probably at fault for this too because they report it like it's actively happened, and right. then they just back away whenever it actually hasn't. Um, or, right, there's, it, there's this like the whole idea of it is so fucking flawed. And if you don't, if you don't want to agree with like, so this Fifth Estate episode, right? If you if you want to say, well, fuck that, I don't, you know, it's the transcripts written from the court, and it was on CBC. If anybody would have wanted to make him look more guilty, yeah. But they're obviously a very like they're a respectable channel. So it's they were like, this is the actual thing. This is what happened because this is like also why I like, still think Gomez could sue them for firing him now. Yeah, he could. Be, I don't think he will. Yeah, I don't really. I think he was part of it. Like his union would have to do. I can't remember. There was some weird civil thing that he couldn't do because of his agreement. But it's to me, honestly, again, I keep going back to this point, but it really honestly does feel a lot like dogma and a lot like religion because there's there's uh, I hate I hate this argument, but I respect it at the same time. But when the message of no, I, I stand with her, I believe her. And you should honestly believe someone if they said they were raped. Like a default setting should be like, okay, I believe that you were raped and let's go about actually going through the process of proving this because mm -hmm. you have rights and so does the other person uh, involved in this rape case. So we got to go through this process for our society to agree with itself. Mm -hmm. right? But the idea that you put forward the concept of if she says she was raped by default, it is rape mm -hmm. and that's the case and we don't need any proof. We just need to believe her. Again, this is dogmatic. This is like, well, gay sex is wrong. It scares, Why? Yeah. It's wrong. It scares the shit out of me, you man. Know? Just the idea that like 
you know, I, you see it happen to somebody and it's like, and well, it, I mean, it doesn't even just have to be rape, but any, any sort of, you know, social justice type issue, calling people racist for questioning Black Lives Matter or for whatever, and just being branded a, a racist. It's, well, I, it's, I have a it's, friend it's of mine crazy. who, uh, he wasn't charged with rape, but he was charged with uh, assault and he got off because the woman who had uh, charged him with assault and claimed assault had emailed him prior being like, basically, if you don't come in line with what I want. Uh, cause they'd broken up and he owed her some money. But if you don't give me this money by this time, I'm just going to fucking tell the cops you beat me up. And then she beat herself up and then called the cops. And he was like, here's an email of her telling me she's going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's this day, you know, and they're like, well, for fuck's sake, you know, and there was another one was a rich dude in the States, uh, who was engaged to this woman. And this woman, uh, charged him with, uh, assault and, and, and actually sexual battery. And she didn't realize that there was an internal security uh, camera in this guy's house uh, that caught her beating herself up. And I mean, full out like punches to the her, her own face, Jeez. slamming herself around. And you're like, see, there's a problem. And I really don't like it when you start to categorize anyone as a class or as a person, as a sex, as a certain behavior. But there, there are unfortunately subsets of times where the accusation of it is it, because the power of the accusation is so fucking strong that you have to understand that just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you're full of virtue and you might just be an evil person mm -hmm. and you're not getting your way and you know how to destroy somebody by just saying they did it. Mm -hmm. There's been like a lot and this, I really don't like focusing on this because it really starts to make you seem like you're trying to disprove that rape happens, which is totally not what I'm doing. But they have all these cases where like, you know, guy spends six years in prison until DNA lets him out. But, uh, or like guy spends time in prison until person admits they made up accusation. The uh, was it the the Duke lacrosse case, the UVA case, the Rolling Stone case, all of this stuff is like big, huge, massive accusations of horrible, disgusting rape, and none of it was true and found to not be true, and 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 just in fact impossible. Uh, one of the guys who was arrested in that lacrosse one wasn't even physically at the party. Yeah, was out of town and, and still think, arrested. You yeah, know? and I I think that the idea of being falsely accused of something like that is so horrible that it again is like it's one of those things that then becomes very sensationalized in the news, right? Because, but, but I think it's, it, it, you know, you can equate it to almost any of these other, like a, like a mass shooting type of thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen that much, but when it does happen, it's so fucking horrific. Cause like the idea, like there are definitely women who falsely accuse men of rape, but that is way less than the amount of women who actually get raped or the amount of women yeah. who don't, unfortunately don't end up reporting it or whatever. So I think it happens, but when it does, it's like one of those things that's so chilling. Like, cause I mean, it, these people's lives are absolutely ruined. Like, yeah. yeah and in a, in a way that, that is, uh, I know I'm keep repeating this, but I do believe it. Like, I believe it's like a religion and dogma because when you didn't agree with the religion and dogma, you were excommunicated, not just from the church, but from the community. Mm -hmm. That was the big thing. You were kicked out of the community. You'd have to leave the city, period. Like, you're, you're not to be helped. You're scarlet letter level, mm -hmm. th that kind of thing. That's what it is. And this now is like the ability to use social media and, you know, online bullying, basically, to excommunicate somebody not from the town, but from the whole goddamn fucking country, yeah. if not the fucking world. That's right. the whole point. So it's not that you're right. Like the person who's like arguing for whatever issue, be it social justice, feminism, uh, anti-rape culture, whatever. They're not always uh, going to have an argument that's right. What they're going to try to do is remove you from ability to even d debate. Yeah. You know, this is the first thing this, this professor with the pronouns over at Toronto U, the first thing they've gone at it, their way to do is remove him. Like, 
the little fucking debate I saw, like one of the first things they said was like, do you denounce white supremacists and Nazis skinheads at your uh, rally? And like he dressed it pretty direct on. He's like, I don't didn't know that any of those people were here. And it's not a rally. It was a free speech like event. Mm -hmm. But they are immediately putting forth the idea that you're a Nazi. Like, that's the first question. It's implicit in the do you denounce it? Like, but asking it in a way as if he wouldn't, you know. That's the whole concept is, and now we want to take your job, is if you if you notice, if you don't agree with the politics around these things, the first thing they go after is your fucking job. Mm-hmm. That guy who laughed at the fucker right in the pussy thing, mm-hmm. not even the guy who came up and yelled fucker right in the pussy. Yeah, I know. I do a bit about it, and I say it's the guy who said it who got fired, but it's even worse than it's that. Not, it's not. It's guy. worse than that. It's the guy who they panned to him and his three or four drunk friends, and they're like, you think that's funny? And he's like, yeah, it's kind of funny, I guess. Like, ha, ha, ha. They have it all on tape. He never said it. But they went after his job. They didn't even go after the guy who said it. That's like the weirdest thing about it. It It's like, I guess they couldn't figure out who that guy was. And in the absence of the guy who actually said it. Right. Yeah. But in the absence of the guy who actually said it, we'll go after the guy who thought it was funny because that's that's a thought crime. Yeah. Because that, that again, is like that's dogma. Yeah. That's when you start going, you know what? You have evil thoughts. We need to get rid of you. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's religion. That's dogma. They used to do this. And we said that's gross. That's disgusting. We can't handle this anymore. We can't do this because it brought us to horrible places in society really bad places and a lot of problems that we still have to this day are based on religious handling of things like native rights and poverty and uh, homosexuality all of this shit really boils down to just like deciding you're right and then trying to character assassinate and excommunicate people and the mechanisms are the exact fucking same yeah and when you go through all these like different fallacies and ad hominems you'll find this across the board in every religious discussion and this is what you're finding now within social justice nine times out of ten it's uh moral superiority and now i i wish to label you a certain thing and if i can i i want to destroy your life i want to like the whole idea of like take their job i'm like what do you fucking think happens you take a dude's job he eventually just ends up on the street. You didn't resolve the problem. Now you just have a guy out on the street. I assume just homeless, yeah. you know, maybe he does yard work or whatever. You just destroyed a man's life for what? For laughing? Yeah, it's it's really, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It, I had this discussion with somebody not long ago, but we, we were talking about, you know, feminism issues and, and various things like that. And I, uh, I brought up like MRAs, how everybody hates men's rights activists and, I agree that, like, I think it, when it started, like, the, the whole men's rights activism, mm-hmm. it started from probably a, certainly a better place than where it now is. And it was more about things like, you know, we always talk about women's rights, but what about what about the double standards that exist yeah. against men, that exist against men within the judicial system, like the fact that yeah. men are, are more likely to be convicted of a crime? Now, men are more likely to do it because of our, we do have a more aggressive nature, but Men are like some number They'll get more, on average like 10 years for an aggressive assault. Yeah, they get more time get for three. the same crime that a woman's yeah. actually being convicted of. There's that. Um, My favorite, honestly, MRIs sometimes are complicated to me. But like, again, to follow through on religion, they're basically a different type of fucking religion. Well, exactly. that the main religion hates and is trying to say, fuck you. They're the wrong so ones. What I've said about like the uh, about. You know, this third wave feminism as it's is labeled, but just this whatever it is, this new age, this new generation of what's basically millennial feminism. Mm. There are some actors within that fe- within feminism now that are just as bad as the MRAs are like the extreme ones there. And what ends up happening is 
I'm thoughtful. You're a thoughtful guy. So I don't label all feminism as being bad or label all. Uh, uh, I, I hear one uh, woman yelling about man spreading as if it's an actual issue and go, well, see, that's feminism. You're yeah, all shit. That's not. Yeah, it's not true. It's just like a and I wish that case. when, when uh, if a man talking about, you know, why is it that when I got divorced from my wife, she automatically got more of the assets and the kids and yeah, I have to pay alimony and I have to do and then go, you're just a piece of shit. Men's apologist, men's rights activist. That was, whatever. Uh, and actually, that's exactly what I was trying to bring that up earlier when I had that debate online and on uh, Facebook there. But it, it's the uh, stereotype shame and silence is the other tactic where it's uh, like to your point here. You're like, well, why am I not having the same treatment by the courts when it comes to a divorce? And then they jump to, oh, you're MRA, whatever the fuck, and you're a piece of shit, you hate all women. But that's like, you stereotype the behavior by, you know, like you pointing out, like, well, look, if I see one crazy lady yelling about manspreading, that's not all feminism. But Mm -hmm. the idea here is you stereotype that one particular person to mean they represent all men, in this case, I suppose, for the example, they're all men. Mm -hmm. That man represents all men. Uh, Then they shame the behavior, like you disgusting pigs with your legs wide open. And then they want you to shut the fuck up because usually the next statement is to either yell over you or to overwhelm you on social media where you couldn't even put out a a thought without being shouted down. Or they just tell you in their ideology, you're supposed to listen because of the way they look at the world with respect to intersectionality. You're supposed to listen. You're not allowed to talk. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is the biggest flaw with intersectionality. And it's funny to me that you call it millennial feminism because intersectionality were cooked up by a lady who was like 50 years old. Yeah. She put out that paper herself and she wasn't a child. This is like sort of the next evolution of what what it is. But it's a very cyclical argument. But there's pieces of it you can use Mm -hmm. that you can really honestly just call them fucking empathy and try to fucking understand. Like, But it's always about... You know, and it boils down to uh, if I don't like you, I'm going to turn it on you because um, I remember Trump was this grabber by the pussy thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, They had like the day or two after they had all of these Republican talking heads, uh, a lot of them just on sort of Skype or like just for their own announcement. But they they would they go like, well, it's disgusting, you know, because like I have I have two daughters. I have a wife. I have a mother. This is this disgusting behavior. Now, if you were saying that from the Democratic side, it's fine because it's true. You're like, what you're doing is highlighting that the most important people in your life happen to be women. And it's disgusting behavior to try to objectify or grab like in such a manner. It's disgusting behavior against women. And you wouldn't tolerate it because you value women because and you're sort of listing off like the ones that you care about the most. But because they don't agree with uh, these particular candidates on the Republican side, uh, there was like an, a day of rage basically against uh, – and it was even on like uh, John Oliver. It was like, you know, my wife, my daughter, and they're like, why the fuck are you listing off women uh, that they're only mad because of their relationship to you? That's how you look at women, right? You're a piece of shit because they only have value if they're like somehow connected to you. And I'm like, this has been a thing that Bill Clinton has said. Like this has been a historical statement of like just – pointing out how much you would of course care for a woman's issue because you care for women Mm -hmm. like things like it's it's come down to like should women have access to abortion well i hope my daughter never has to have access to it or never has to do it but i want her to have access to it i care for this person i would never want her to go through a hellish thing so i'm voting for this on this because of this Mm -hmm. right 
But they spun it back against the Republicans. Like, how dare you just only value women for a relationship to you? But for what, 30 years, you could say that statement and not have a problem. And it boils down to we don't like you. Mm -hmm. It's religion. Yeah, I've heard some legitimate complaints about like, you know, you'll get you'll get a, a Republican. They often don't care about an issue or don't understand an issue until it affects them in a direct way you know mm-hmm. like dick cheney with his his gay daughter and stuff like that 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 you know yeah now he sort of is more understanding of the issue uh but at the same time progress is incremental so if one of the ways you can teach a bigoted person to not be bigoted or a sexist person to not be sexist is to say you know when you objectify women in a a, a terrible way that that's somebody's daughter or somebody's wife just like you have a wife and a daughter that you would never want these things to happen to there's nothing wrong with using that as a way to illustrate a very because that could be the thing that makes the light bulb go on in that guy's head and he's like you know what you're right i have been a little grab ass with women sometimes or a little bit sexist when it comes to things and i need to not be that and this helped me not be that there's i mean it's sometimes uh it's a forced frame of reference but i think sometimes it makes you feel empathy it makes you act on your empathy when you can actually see it as having impact on someone you care about Mm -hmm. or even on your life just the emotional context of what it would mean to you i mean i don't think any man wants any man who's ever loved a woman would never want rape to exist period Mm -hmm. like the end you know but when i say that i don't say the value of women is only because our relationship with women no i think if you've loved a woman and truly loved them you would never want them to ever feel something so bad and, and, and I don't think it speaks to value of them only related to me. I think it speaks to value of empathy. Mm-hmm. Like just, I would never want you to feel that way. Yep. I would never in my life want to have to consider that that could happen to you. you know? Yeah. And I think there's like, there's this fucking, this approach of, uh, silencing. It's the stereotype, shame, silence. Every time your behavior is this and therefore this, like I had this weird inter- interaction with a, a lady who put out this idea. It's an article where it was, uh, in Canada, there was like an economic discussion and uh, there's a, a woman who was giving a, a presentation on wage gap and economics around it within Canada. And they, she's presenting, I think, to five, uh, maybe six people who were part of the economic uh, board, I guess. I can't remember what it's called, but it's MPs from the government who are – their focus is economics. And they were like, wow, this woman presents this wage gap thing to – and it was like five – they're all men. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, there is a woman on the actual board, but she didn't go to that one. She went back to her writing. She'll get updates on it later. And the article is basically like, wow, like, whoa, it's 2016. And seriously, you're giving a presentation to only men about how hard it is for women and da, da, da. And I'm like, that's a, that's one way of thinking. That's that's one way of thinking to me. I was like, you're forgetting that these people are human beings and human beings can often transcend their own wants and needs, especially when it comes to politics, because you have to be hyper aware of it, really, if you want to keep your job. But you're you're sort of assuming that because they're men, by default, they could never understand the math around a wage gap or take the right actions or somehow they would be improved only if a woman was doing it. So I just kind of put out the idea. I'm like, hey, you know, like the one thing about this article that I don't like is that it, it doesn't like it has this default assumption that by being men, we couldn't ever do anything to change things for the right because we're men. And then the, the back and forth that ultimately ended up happening was this this woman I was debating with is a friend of mine, but she was basically putting forward. Well, like, you know what? It'd be better if there were more women involved uh, in the economics of this. And I was like, well, I mean, that's one that's yeah, sure. Maybe. But also stop assuming it couldn't be improved because it's men. Because when you're doing that, you're being, some ways, you're being intersectional. 
but you're saying, oh, you have to acknowledge your privilege and all this stuff. But the idea of how flawed intersectionality is, okay, you acknowledge you're a white straight male or whatever. Uh, and that means shut the fuck up. You don't get to do anything. We get to have all the women in here now. And you're like, well, you know, these are elected officials. They had to be appointed at some point to a position. And you would hope they were appointed because of like, you know, the ability to look at numbers. But as it went forward, it was just like sort of uh, like a very feminist discussion, very traditional feminist discussion. But I asked her if she was talking about intersectional feminism. And she kicked back that, you know, basically she was like, oh, sorry, I don't have the time to like, you know, be looking up feminism and I haven't taken a woman's studies course. So I don't really know what you're talking about, but I think that change starts with women being in power. And uh, my point to her was ultimately when you start assuming things based on someone's gender and sex and skin color, when you start assuming those things, you can put them in boxes and then you just assume that they fucking suck because what's happened in this conversation as we walk through it and then that this comment ended the conversation, but I was like, you started off with a feminist argument and then you found out I knew more about feminism than you do. And I'm a white man. I have a lot more in-depth knowledge on this concept and others than you have ever even considered. And your response is essentially to mock the fact that I know more about it. Like, this is this is the weirdest because as a white straight man, your by default assumption is I wouldn't know about this. But that's not the case. I know more about this because I'm a white straight man Mm -hmm. and I often get told I'm wrong. So I want to know if I'm wrong. That's the only way we really improve. Mm -hmm. So you end up learning about all these subtleties and weird little quirks of like intersectionality and pluses and minuses of thought processes. But to assume that simply because you're a white straight and a man that you can't ever fucking transcend your own biases, et cetera, that's fucking a bad that that also, like a horrible logic because it'd be like, well, women can only also talk did, about women's shit. Be in a debate with somebody who makes a point and then that res- your response to the point is, I don't have time to look that up. <laughs> then, yeah. then probably just back out of the debate. Because if you, if you don't know what the person just said and you're truly too busy, even though you're at a computer right now and could Google what the person just said. If you're, you know, if you're actually too busy, step out of the argument. If you're not too busy and just don't want to look up the information that somebody has provided, you're also step out of the argument. But those are the people very not or likely to sideline it. Just say, I'll talk to you about it later. I'll take yeah. a look at it later. But because, yeah, yeah, a lot the, of it does boil down to that. And the other one, the other one is they, that I often find they retreat to is just simply saying, well, you wouldn't get it because blank, blank, blank. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they, you might be putting forward a fact that's very valid to your argument, but because you're, uh, you know, the one I hate the most is unconscious bias. Well, mm-hmm. you have unconscious bias, so therefore you wouldn't get it. Yeah. I was like, how the fuck are you conscious of my unconscious bias? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Unconscious bias? Yeah. I'm like you got to think about it that way or it's like i'm never aware that i'm a racist but i'm a racist every single day like that's fucked up yeah i'm not even aware yeah like i just and how, how would you ever unlearn that and how would you ever debate that if the default position is that no matter what you're already a racist yeah what the fuck yeah what the fuck is this <laughs> i can't do anything with it. another thing that i don't like in uh, arguments i think we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier but the idea that we did touch on it, but just in a, even in, a, in a, a different, maybe even more personal way, when, when emotions come involved. But when people say that, like, not not just use the emotion, but use the fact that they're they have an emotion, they're allowed to have an emotion, and they go, you have to respect that person's emotional reaction or experience, and yeah. and therefore like leave them alone or don't talk about it or or whatever. You don't always have to accept everybody's emotional experience yeah. because some people 
are stupid. Some people are uneducated. Some people are crazy. You know, they're just and, and you don't need to respect everybody's emotional experience just based on the fact that they had one. And this is the other thing uh, the the term gaslighting gets thrown around all the time. Now. Yeah, and I've that, seen that a lot. Yeah. So that's basically from my understanding. I, I, I did look it up. But I'll be basically paraphrasing the definition of it a little bit now. But it's when somebody you're in an argument with somebody or you're telling somebody when you do this, it makes me feel this way. And their response is to say, well, no, you don't feel that way. Or, or I, you know, you, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, it's in your head. You're making it up. I'm not doing you it. You try to make that. somebody who's disagreeing with you. Uh, you try to make it appear to them as if they're crazy. Either crazy. I mean, crazy is one thing. Like, I agree. Yeah. If you're having an argument with somebody, you shouldn't say, especially if it, it's more so in an in interpersonal, like, you know, a, a, a domestic relationship sort mm -hmm. of thing. Like, if gaslighting was just makes me feel crazy, like, you know, are you are you sleeping with somebody else? You're just crazy and paranoid, especially when they are fucking somebody else. You know, yeah. there are that type of thing to me. OK, now I can get on board with gaslighting. But it's again, it's taken and mutated into. You know, well, it's a we're, default. We're having an argument. Position. I think you treat me this way. And you're like, well, I don't think I treat you that way. It's not gaslighting. It's a disagreement of of the way that in the constructs of your relationship. So talk about them and figure out a way so that you're not knowingly making somebody feel like this. And, and, and you can work your way around yeah. it. I find the vast majority of the times I've seen people accused of gaslighting. It's when the other party has run out of argument. Mm -hmm. uh, or they just never really wanted to be debated in the first place. They wanted to just put out an idea and just never have anyone disagree with them on it. And which is this folly. I mean, there is this view, I think, from social justice warrior types that I think they think that the court is out like like the decision's been made. It's it's all society's agreed with you. And what you're saying can't be really disagreed with because we all as a society have agreed with the way that your thinking is. And it's not. This is like five years. Mm -hmm. Five years. Is basically how long this is. I'm coming to Toronto about six or seven years ago. This didn't exist. It started to pop up about four or five years ago where there was a lot more discussion about these things. The term social justice warrior didn't pop up in my vernacular for about three years ago. The first time I saw so it was when people me, just said SJWs and I had to look, look up. It up. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? But the, 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 the idea that the, I mean, like we're sitting here through the window, you can see a highway full of people who are working nine to fives and these fucking people driving through that highway do not know what that means and they don't fucking care. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's an honest thing where it's just, you know, 80% of the fucking country doesn't really care so much about these issues. They care about traditional feminism and they don't, uh, they don't like, obviously they, they believe in feminism. This is like a, a societal belief. This is the sort of newer feminism, if you will, the evolution, the third wave of feminism is a little bit more chaotic and in flux simply because it's changing and we really haven't nailed it down. Mm -hmm. But the assumption that you're right and it's all set in stone and this is the way the world is. Now go get the people who don't agree with you. And like, it's like any other fucking religion is the whole idea is you're supposed to keep bringing more people into your religion. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole motivation ultimately is to get as many people on board with the idea of what you're doing. But the idea is often missold as feminism you'll say it, it's sort of like saying well you know um it's uh, we're catholics but we also kill black people we're like whoa what <laughs> you know no. you're like no but we're catholic you're like oh okay so you believe in god yeah we also kill black people wait what you know you just yeah. ignore that part but there's like there's parts of it that don't make any fucking sense and it, yeah honestly it just it gets to the point where it's like 
I think part of this whole fucking thing is to they just argue to the point that you're tired of it. Uh, yeah. Like you, you personally get tired of arguing back with them. Well, and now, like as a stand-up, so I don't, I don't argue with people most of the time. If somebody makes a very specific, egregious comment, I mm-hmm. might, I might say something. Um, now I just write a bit, you know. Now I just work on a, a stand-up bit because, yeah. like, I, I don't want to say that I, I don't want somebody to contradict what I'm saying or to disagree with me. I just don't want it to be somebody who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. Or immediately thinks I'm their enemy as soon as I, I I have a counterpoint of view to them. So it's like, I'll just do it in stand-up. I'll throw some jokes around it. It'll be fine. Yeah. But I don't. There's just people I don't even bother with because it's like, yeah, you're, I get it. Well, you're tired. And you're honestly, never going to change your mind. There was that point there. Um, you were talking sort of, I don't think you called it exactly this, but close. It was a lived experience. You know, how dare you disagree with my lived experience? Well, yes. Yeah, so the emotional you know, journey or whatever, emotional reaction. The, the whole idea of it to me though, is like, uh, cause it'll be the concept. Usually when someone claims lived experience, what they do is they try to talk about the lived experience of women as if it's, a, a, a all the same or very similar. And it's not, it's absolutely not, uh, people who have, lived experiences there's like let's just be honest about it everybody has their own separate lived experience Mm -hmm. uh because the idea like and it's actually in this economics discussion there was like we need to have more women on this economics board and i'm like well that's a flaw in your thinking because the the argument of that was by women they'll have a lived experience and they'll be able to make judgments based on that lived experience it'll be better for women but the problem is that not all women think the same and they often disagree with each other and when you're thinking i want someone on this economic board to make decisions that i would stand by you're not thinking rona ambrose you know you're not thinking of a conservative woman you're thinking of a very liberal woman maybe an ndp type person but these people disagree with each other you know there are still people in our country uh who are elected officials who still don't believe that abortion should be legal mm-hmm. and they're women so lived experience yeah i'm sure there is a general one but there's a lot of difference even when you're two women who've grown up in the same background in the same neighborhood. Your political spectrum is completely different. Your yeah. appreciation of it is different. Like the the concept that uh, women oh, yeah. all think the same, very, I think, is, is yeah. more sexist than most things. To be like, very clear, when, when women say, like, there should be more women involved in X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. it's always more liberal women. They don't want Ann Coulter in charge of something, you know, no, they, don't, they don't, there's just, yes, they want liberal women, liberal women with their ideas to be, to be in charge of things that they want. They want themselves to be in charge. That's what, yeah. when it comes down to it. And a lot of the time I, I, I've had talks with some, some feminists about things. I was like, who would you put in charge of, of controlling speech so that it's yeah. said the way, and, and it ultimately comes to, well, I could do it. Exactly. Or, you know, somebody like me, exactly. which is again, religion and dogma, because yeah. in their mind, they envision themselves I mean, some that's narcissism sort of, uh, on an, but they envision themselves level. as a bishop, a pope, a priest. They they look at them like leading a flock. I am the ultimate decider of morality. Mm-hmm. Like if you really honestly end up thinking, because I think like uh, her, uh, well, whatever. I probably shouldn't say her name, but like there is one particular feminist leader within our Toronto community that is so clearly, obviously obsessed with leading and owning a community uh, and less so about the actual politics. It's just about, I want to position myself and my life as the person who you're supposed to ask if it's okay for all women, mm-hmm. for all women, it's very for Jim all Jonesy. social issues. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, because honestly, if you put it in the conservative bent, it sounds crazy and nuts. Then you go like, it's like any radical side of any issue. It starts to fucking sound crazy and nuts. But just it's, because you well, decide yeah. that this side of the issue is morally correct, I'm like, well, it's, you're saying the same words. You're just really swi- switching some of the verbs exactly. and nouns here. And you know? the thing I think with the left 
specifically, they, again, they fight using the same tactics. Well, I'm right. So because I'm right, it doesn't matter how shitty I am about getting, there's, there, there is no shitty. There's no level of anything I can do that's mm-hmm. bad because I'm fighting for the right side. When it's done on the right wing, the reason why it looks different is because it is usually like, you know, racists or uh, uh, insane gun nuts or whatever yeah. it is, you know, uh, anti-immigration people. And they go, I don't care. I will say whatever it takes because I'm right. And on the left, it's usually about, you know, rape culture, things that most people as a whole can agree. Yes, rape is bad. And they, and they yeah. you know, or, or pro, pro-life people or, or, or sorry, pro-choice people on the left. I mean, it, the people on the left, their issues that they usually fight for ultimately either have some semblance or started in this area where that actually is the right way for society to conduct themselves. But then it's spread into being, but also you can't say this word and you yeah. can't talk about this if you are that. And yeah, you now can- it's actually coming to, um, the, you know, on this guy who's doing the pronoun thing, but it's coming to that. It's, yeah. it's coming to language policing, yeah. um, which has been kicked back every time it's ever been brought forward. And I would suspect it's going to be kicked back again because language policing never, I mean, honestly, how it does is change language. Right. If you're legislating, I have to call someone a certain pronoun at whatever fucking point, then all we're going to really do is just decide that, okay, you know what? He and she just means, uh, anything. Yeah. It's a best effort. We're going to do that. Yeah. We'll call you B like we don't, we'll change it, but it's never been, it's never made it. There's never been a, you have to call me this. It's never, you can't police language. Yeah. And look, and I think, I think the the responsible or reasonable thing to do, if you're a person and somebody says to you, I'm trans, I would like to be called this. You call them that. Just call them whatever they want to be called. Yeah. But if somebody doesn't want to call you that, they don't fucking have to. You can call somebody whatever you want. But Yeah. I, but, think, I, th- I think it's completely reasonable and completely required that we put in laws in place that uh, essentially just say you can't be discriminated against. You can't be denied opportunities and access based on being trans. Uh, and the pronoun thing is just, it's more subtle, I think, than that. The pronoun thing I don't think should be punishable by law. It should just be like, that guy's a fucking asshole. Like, yeah. if you can't say, oh, yeah, my buddy Chad here is a homosexual. If you're like, Chad over here is a fucking faggot. You know, these are two different fucking things. Mm-hmm. But the guy who's saying the, the faggot word there, he's a piece of shit. And we know that mm-hmm. we don't like him in society, but I'm not going to go and make a law that says you can't say the word faggot now because we, this guy's a piece of shit. But I'm not going to throw this guy in prison. I don't yeah. fucking care. He's an idiot. Yeah. He's like, he's a piece of well, shit. That's what I mean. Like the idea that like, I think you should call people whatever they choose to be called. Like if somebody says to you, uh, uh, I want to be called she call him she. And if you don't want to do it, you're a dick, but like, that's the worst case that you are. You're a dick. Yeah. You're, you're uh, not understanding that the world is an ever changing place. I also honestly, like at a certain point, you got to look at Facebook and go, how many gender options are on Facebook? Yeah, I know. That's something like, that's right. There's like 80 years more. It's, even. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, it's insane. I think it was like 32, then 80. Now it's like a hundred and something. Which but is, I'm like, if I, each one of those has its own subset pronoun, I got to be honest with you. Fuck you. I'm yeah. out. I just can't do <laughs> well, it. You can't. And you get to too a certain much of point. a lexicon. Yeah. It just really is. And I, and I get the idea, like a, just like call me how I want to be called. But I'm like, there's a point for me, depending on your exposure to various groups where it's like the way I've said it. And like, this is a vast oversimplification, but I knew two girls that looked very similar to each other. And one was dating my buddy. And the other one was just a friend of his, but they like looked eerily similar to each other. But the one girl's name was Tamara Mm -hmm. and the other girl's name was Tamara Mm -hmm. and they were spelled the same. And I could never for the fucking life of me ever get it right. I would always call them the wrong way. Tamara, Tamara, I would fuck it up every fucking time. And it, if that 
right there. If that little fuck, am I remembering this right? If me fucking up could make me evil, that's fucked up. Well, that's okay. And that's, that's what I was trying to bridge into here. The idea like, yes, you call, you call people whatever they want to be called. However, don't assume that people will know what you want to be called before you tell them. And then also don't assume that it's just going to be able to rewire their brain to use the pronoun that you want. They'll, try to do it but it takes time it the, every issue again as you said progress is incremental the idea that we come up with a thing or there's just new okay trans exists now right so we we all agree tra- the people are trans we all know people who are trans mm. it exists but it's and it has existed for a long time, but it's, it's it has, now, but it's so much more. It's now coming into the mainstream so much more. So you yeah. can't expect everybody to just go, oh, this is happening. Cool. I understand it completely. I'm not saying the people who are against it. Yeah. Fuck them. They have to grow up. They have to, you know, progress. And and sometimes it will happen. Uh, sometimes it won't. Uh, but the people who are in favor of it understand it are cool with it. But call you by the wrong pronoun, you and you freak out at them. You're fucking with an ally now in your fight. Yeah, there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of actually. You know, the funny thing about Facebook that I, I've kind of liked is that uh, the 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 exposure in person to trans uh, people has probably been fairly low in my life. But the exposure in terms of these people uh, who are friends of mine on Facebook, you continually see the evolution of their thoughts and their process. And in some cases, the application of hormone therapies and eventually what they end up looking like and their, their sort of approach to uh, transitioning slash owning what they are now kind of thing. This stuff is actually like pretty dope. And it's, it's like that thing you like, you want a kid to not be a racist, expose them to a lot of different races. Mm-hmm. And you're like, if you want a, someone to not fucking be weirded out by trans, just be exposed to trans. Cause it's, they're just fucking people, yeah. you know? But when I, when I first came across trans as like a, a, a where I overstepped and fucked up was I, I did that that uh, blog for a while where I did like 40 shows. And in one of the shows I referenced that the show was run by a drag queen. And months later she ended up reading through this uh, and she messaged me privately and was like, I'm not a drag queen. I'm trans. And I legit like no fucking joke. Didn't understand the difference. Yeah. Like I thought she was a dude dressed up as a woman. He's like, no, it's a dude who is becoming a woman. Yeah. But I didn't click with that. I didn't understand it. And then she just explained it to me. She wasn't angry at all. And then I actually ended up sharing it. Like I took a picture of it, I think, or or copied it and pasted it and put it into the Toronto stand-up group. Because to me, it was an education moment. Mm-hmm. I fucked up. I used the wrong term. I called a trans person, a trans woman, a drag queen. And that was a teaching moment. You know, like that person used it as a moment to go, I'm not a drag queen. Here's the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and she actually was because I wrote a joke about using that term, the term or whatever. Um, and she was like, joke's still valid. I can see why you wrote it, but I'm not a drag queen. But I was like, to me, I'm being taught something. I'm not being yelled at. She's not uh, going, look at this, you know, piece of shit. She's not going on a social media campaign for me. And also, I refer to her as she now because I, I've had a conversation where I'm like, oh, you're a woman. Okay. That's it. Like, it's pretty fucking easy for me, but. The idea of not making a mistake, it's going to be pretty hard to not make mistakes when there's some new shit. Like, for a yeah. lot of people, this is a new experience. Mm-hmm. For, for a lot of people, this is uh, just going to take some getting used to. And it's not like it's super hard, but also uh, no one really wants to be screamed at. Like, it's isn't like life is not a... Uh, yeah. a, a boot camp like i don't need I, to be if fucking I make a post where I, I maybe say and i haven't really dealt with it this yet but if i made like were to make a post about like trans people and i said something that was inaccurate that i just didn't know 
and then people started screaming at me. I'm going to respond way different. And mm-hmm. you're, it's not like I'm not going to still have my beliefs that no, it's not like it's going to change me to go, well, you know what? Fuck trans people now. Like, I'm yeah. not, not going to have that reaction, but I'm still going to be like, fuck you people like anybody who's now shitting on me. Like you're awful garbage human beings because you're just you're not. Like some people just don't know things. I did. It's and that's what I, it bothers me. Like a new piece of technology comes out. You know, somebody invents a new fucking type of phone, mm-hmm. and and we go, okay, well, there's some learning curves. The first generation of this phone's not going to be very good. You know, we know that it's going to get better. Second, yep. third, fourth. We all understand and accept that. People people don't buy it. Like iPhone seven comes out, don't buy off. But yeah. wait till seven S at least because they'll fix all the little fucking shit in it. But when it comes to this, it's like no, just understand it right away. And I don't mean understand in the sense that like i understand it but mm. i don't always I'm, my brain doesn't always get it in the moment well it's that uh i mean there's several different phases of technology adoption and there's like luddites basically at the end of it but uh the idea of this is how it goes uh if you're a kid and you grow up and you see technology uh starting like uh in your childhood uh especially in your 20s that technology is revolutionary. Your forties and your fifties technology comes out and you're like, that technology is just an evolution. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then in your later years, that technology is the bane of all society and it's completely destroying us all. And that's why you'll see people being like, fuck this Pokemon go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you're going to sort of find the analogy of uh, uh, gender roles and, and, and sort of being much more open about trans, uh, and sharing and learning and that is sort of a technology thing. There's whole swaths of people that I'm literally not going to bother to try to convince because you're going to be dead soon and you really think it's destroying society because yeah, everything exactly. new to you is fucking wrong. Ultimately, like... But you're, you're fighting you're for the s- ones who are early adopters. The, yeah, yeah. And, and like, you know, it, it honestly would be like, it's it literally boils down to the frustration of a kid who gets an iPhone and picks it up and knows how it works right away and is just really adept at it, screaming at a parent for not getting it right away. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. You're a fucking asshole for not getting this fucking iPhone. You're yeah. like, man, I'm just trying to figure out this iPhone. You're using it wrong, you piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the seven, and then the 75-year-old grandparent being like, throw the iPhone in the fucking garbage. It's stupid. Take exactly. a walk. Exactly. my day, we used to call people on the corded phone. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah. It's just like that. That all exists, and like, there's a lot of anger in there. But it, it also is like in every sort of evolution of big things like technology. And I, I fucking I slam on this, and I'm not a guy who really is a big religion or atheism guy. But uh, when the iPhone came out, suddenly Steve Jobs was this new god. You know, yeah. this like sort of like mastermind of technology and everything. That that sort of is like the new ideas around, uh, well, they're probably not that new, but they're just out there in a new way uh, around trans, social justice, feminism, intersectional feminism. Every one of these has somebody trying to become Steve Jobs and like the, the, the person who's, you know, they want to be the next Gloria Steinem. They'd like to be paid for the rest of their life to just talk. To just talk, which is what stand-ups want to do too. Mm-hmm. But we have to actually refine a product, not just find moral outrage on a regular basis. Yeah. And also fucking check your shit. Gloria Steinem doesn't agree with 90% of intersectional feminism, I think. Like, yeah. I was listening to an interview with her, and she was like, what is happening? You know? <laughs> and it was like, way the fuck off, because it was just traditional feminist. But at the time, she wasn't traditional. She was, like, revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Right? And now she's like, it's like anyone else. She's getting old. And she's like, why this is ruining the world? <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, she came up with it. It's like, honestly, it's like she's Steve Jobs, and now there's a new phone. She's like, well, it should be just the iPhone. <laughs> like, <laughs> um. 
All right. Well, th- thanks for coming in, Dom. I think uh, we'll wrap it up here. This is probably the yeah, longest man. podcast I've done. Uh, yeah. We I'm sorry a- if I no, went no, on too we- long. Also, I just wanted to add real quick. Uh, just ha- I hate fags. Peace. <laughs> yeah. That's the- <laughs> we'll, we'll end on that. Just throw that out random. Like, wow, that was so reasonable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was so. Uh, he made some good. Oh my god. It'd be like awesome if this podcast literally just boils down to Dom Paray and then it just quotes just that line. Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's the right. <laughs> Listen that I'm to anything else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck it. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, this, I'll this say, on this week, uh, this is not a safe space. Dom Perez in. He hates fags. And then, <laughs> uh, I, I think people will listen. They just hit space, they pause it, and they're like, time to kill him. Time to kill him. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man, thanks for coming on. I don't know exactly. These usually have, like, about a two- or three-week turnover. So, uh, I don't know if you got anything to plug for probably more end of November, early uh, December. I think I'm in, I'm in Edmonton doing a corporate. So can't come. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. Way to, <laughs> Thank good, you. Good plug. Uh, yeah, I'm in Edmonton, not doing a corporate, but that that's this Friday and this will not be out by then. Uh, so anyway, yeah, thanks for coming in, buddy. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. And remember uh, to check out uh, NeverSleepsNetwork.com for this and other great podcasts. Uh, see you later. Thanks. Bye.